They're not surviving. They're thriving. They're not hidden figures. You just haven't been looking. These Black and Latinx women in STEM have stories to share about their challenges, successes, and lessons learned. It's time to amplify them. My name is Matt Stevenson, and I can't wait for you to tune in to Technically 200, a podcast about Black and Latinx women in STEM. On today's episode, I sit down with Gloria Trevino, a software engineer at Dell. And I have to say, on a personal note, I was not anticipating how vulnerable she would be with me during this interview. She shared a lot that I think will resonate with many women in tech. And rather than just sharing a few sound bites, let's just get right into the interview. Content warning. Please note that this episode discusses traumatic experiences that some may find disturbing. Welcome back for another episode of Technically 200, a podcast about Black and Latinx women in STEM. Today, I am with Gloria Marissa Trevino. Trevino or Trevino? Trevino. (laughs) Great. Well, at least I corrected myself. Trevino. Thank you. Yes. She is a software engineer at Dell, and she is a proud graduate of the University of Texas at San Antonio, where she majored in computer science with two specializations, cloud computing and software engineering. Is that right? Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, talk to us. How did you get here today? Haha, that's a that's a good question. Um, well, I'm originally from Austin, Texas. Um, pretty much grew up in Austin, but um, I think there was like a small stint when I moved to um, Mexico, which hopefully we'll get into later. Um, and then, you know, I went to school in San Antonio at the University of Texas at San, San Antonio, and I studied in computer science, and then I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm still surprised that I ended up where I am today. Um, there was no expectation for me to do as well as I'm doing now in life or to even be in anything relating to STEM, um, or at least, like, engineering. So, yeah, I'm surprised, too. Surprised too. <laughs> Do you have engineers in your family? No, none. (laughs) Um, A lot of my family, um, they're all blue-collar workers. Um, No one one really went to college in my family. Um, uh, It's just not a thing my family does, really, uh, or or even really considers for a future. Um, I was just an exception by chance, I would like to say. So then let's rewind to your childhood. Did you grow up here in Austin? Uh, Yes, I did. I did. Um, I grew up in North Austin, mostly um, in the Pflugerville district. So uh, I lived in Austin, but the school district I was in was in Pflugerville. And so I went to Conley High School. So my parents, it, it wasn't the most ideal relationship. Um, it started when I was like 13. My So I think before 13, it was a pretty calm childhood. Um, just growing up, trying to understand the world around me. Um, there was no real problem. And I was very happy. And I guess it was when I was 13 that it kind of went downhill for a while. Um, my father had uh, cheated on my mother. And 
Um, my mother, uh, it, so it's kind of hard to talk about. I've never really talked about it out loud that much. Um, but he, he cheated on my mother and he essentially left my mom and me for this woman. And well, my mom, she's, she's from Mexico, so she doesn't have the best English. Um, so she couldn't support herself with the current job she had at that time nor could she find another job because she had broken English. So we had to move all the way to Mexico. And mind you, I grew up in Austin all my life up to this point. Um, and we ended up living in Mexico for some time. Um, and we were fortunate enough that my mom's family had a house there that we could move into. Um, but it wasn't like the nicest house. It was a house that was like no one... Um, had taken care of so it was very run down the ceilings were rotting there was bugs everywhere and, and there was no hot water okay I'm still remembering that cold water um, and so it was very traumatic when I when it first happened when I was younger um, and then like also just getting adjusted to living in Mexico in the way that Mexico is um, you know there's different standards within Mexico than there is here like there's a lot of rundown buildings, a lot of like poverty there. And so it was, it was just very uh, different to experience. And then also like trying to learn in Spanish when you've been learning English your whole life. Like I know Spanish, but like learning in Spanish is completely different. And so that, that was, that was really hard for a while. We didn't stay in Mexico too long. And just because during that time, it was like when, um, have you ever heard of the setas? the setas yeah what is that <laughs> it's so it's a cartel um and they were really big at the time when i was living there um it was really intense uh there was a lot of fear within the, the town that i was living in and i remember like the key moment that made my mom say that we have to move back over to the states was like not to get too graphic graphic warning is like we saw a head in like the plaza i know it's crazy it's like I saw it and I couldn't believe it. I was like, is that a head? And my mom was like, no, don't look. And so like, I think that moment she was like, okay, we cannot live here anymore. Um, and so we moved over. I mean, we didn't even move far, to be honest. We moved over to the border town on the other side, which was Eagle Pass. So it wasn't that far, but I think honestly, like my mom couldn't afford, you know, to live in the States. So that's why, I mean, she couldn't go very far anyways. And she definitely couldn't go further into Mexico because it was more dangerous as we went. Eventually, my parents did get back together. Um, but, you know, when they got back together, I think they got, like, together, divorced, like, four or five more times after that. Um, and so it was a lot of moving around in Austin. Um, but I asked my parents, like, or asked my mom to keep me within my same school district because it was so hard to make new friends when I moved south that I didn't want to have to go through that again. Um, and luckily the district was, was allowed me to stay in the district despite however I moved. <laughs> and at what point do you realize or even think I'd like to pursue a career or engineer or even major in STEM and maybe even before that, probably at what point do you realize you want to go to college? To start from the beginning of, like, when did I want to go to college, um, I didn't 
realize that I should go to college or I mean as as stupid as that sound I didn't realize I should or that or or anything because you know my mom came from Mexico my dad he worked in the fields when he was younger um and he was an electrician and like they didn't really understand the the game of college there that there is they didn't understand the importance of schooling and that's not really their fault you know um they just didn't understand that there was things to do or for you to succeed in life um like they understood that like yeah you should go to school but they don't understand that you should do well in school that you should apply to college that you should apply to a certain career or certain areas to ensure that you do well or I was fortunate enough to make friends, the right peer group of friends whose, whose families pushed them to do school, who pushed them to go to college, um, and just see that they were doing it. And, you know, as a teenager, like, you want to fit in. So I was only surrounded by these types of kids. So I wanted to fit in, and I, you know, did the same thing they were doing, applied to schools, did my SAT, and so I, I went to UTSA, and um, that's, that's how I ended up going to college. And then, well, when I started college, I majored in biochem uh, just because uh, I, was, I started watching Grey's Anatomy, and I thought Grey's Anatomy was cool. There were people who didn't, who lived the life, like, however they wanted and so I thought maybe I should get into sciences because the sciences seem cool too, like understanding how the way life works. And then it wasn't until the summer of my sophomore year that I, have you heard of Monty Python? I have. Okay. So I was looking up Monty Python jokes and <laughs> I come across, um, Python, the programming language. And if you didn't know, Python is actually named after Monty Python, which is why it came up in the first place. I did not uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, as it goes, like, I was, I see this Python, the programming language, and I'm wondering what the heck is a, what's a programming language? What, what does that even mean? And, you know, I click on this Wikipedia article about what the heck is Python. Um, and it's like some computer language, and I'm like, whoa, you can make, you can talk to computers, you can talk with them, what, what does this mean? And so, like, you know how it goes, like, on the internet, you go down, like, that rabbit hole of information, um, and so, I, yeah, I just was curious about what the heck Python was, then I started, I see that it was a language, and I was like, oh, can I learn it? And so I started learning it, and then I did some small basic programs in it over the summer, and I was like, this is really fun, I actually really like this. Um, and so I decided to take a class in programming, um, programming one um, at my school. And it was by far my favorite class. Like, I had never felt so, um, I, like, so happy with what I was doing and with the people I was surrounded by. And just, I felt like I finally found somewhere where I actually fit in. <laughs> and so talk to me about what, uh, what your path was from that aha moment of I really love computer science and I'm 
I'm enjoying programming and I'm good at it and I love the people that I'm surrounded by to, hey, I should work at Dell. <laughs> um, yeah, that, so that was a long journey. Um, it wasn't until I got up, um, I met my current boyfriend where he actually was fortunate enough to come from a family who pushed that sort of um, ideal to go to school, do well, you have to do this, do that um, in order to succeed. Um, and he pushed, he told me like, Hey, you have to get an internship. Um, you have to do this to, you know, help you get a job afterwards. And I was like, Oh, wait, I didn't even think past college about getting a job. I was just thinking I enjoyed computer science. Um, and so <laughs> I guess I, you know, I, I took his advice because I did want to work in this. And I was like, you know, this is really fun. And I, I want this to be what I do for the rest of my life because I consider it modern day magic, you know, because you can literally create anything you want. Like, and you can relate it to any field, whether that be even art, science, um, just like anything. Like, you can create anything you want, and every line, every um, like variable, every little thing is like a little ingredient and ingredient and like a spell, right? And so it was just like modern day magic, and I was like, I want to be someone who wields that modern day magic, and so I need to ensure I get a job um, somewhere that I like, right? So I was like, I'm just gonna choose companies that I know seem to care, actually care about their employees that are in Austin and um, provide a lot of, you know, support. Because um, I was especially looking for a company where they had a mentorship in place because, you know, like I had said, I had no one to really show me the ropes of things, to really explain to me the importance of things, of doing certain things. And then dating my boyfriend and seeing the stark difference between how he grew up and how I grew up and how he was fortunate enough to have people, his parents especially, to tell him, do this, do that. And I was like, I just need like some sort of mentor or someone or some program in place to ensure that I'm getting all the information I need to, to know how to succeed. Um, so with that in mind, <laughs> I went to like, I think, four or five companies and I was able to get interviews with, um, I think three out of them. And the one that stood out the most to me was Dell. Um, because when I was in the interview, um, the woman was, was just super sweet and she was super funny. And not only was she asking technical questions, she was actually trying to get to know me. Um, and so I just, you know, that left a good, a good feeling for me about Dell. And so then when they called me to offer like, um, to offer me another round of interviewing, I was like, Oh heck yeah, I would love to. I was like, yep. <laughs> and so how, how many years has it been that you've been at Dell? Uh, it's been a year actually. Uh, wow. Congratulations. Your Dellaversary. Yes. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been fun for sure. Has there ever been a time when you, reconsidered whether this was the right field for you? Um, yes. <laughs> There's been many times that I wasn't sure if it was right for me. Um, you know, first off, it's like the common reason why a lot of people may not feel it's the right field for them is that there's this stereotype of, uh, you know, a male in the basement with their parents 
programming away um, or someone who's very antisocial and is wicked smart, you know? And I was like, when I first got into programming, I was like, this is really fun. I like it. And, you know, when I was looking up about like programming languages, I just kept seeing like the same type of person. I was like, I wonder if I'll fit in. Cause even then, like in my classes, there was a lot of guys, a lot of guys. And there was like hardly any girls. Um, and so I wasn't sure if it was really a space. Like I felt like I was an intrude, intruding in a space at some points. Um, but, you know, despite that, I still made some friends that were awesome. And so I felt like, you know what, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> it just happens to be a field with a lot of guys in it. Um, and so I didn't really um, internalize what that meant when I first encountered that um, until um, I progressed through my, my computer science career. Um, like, a lot of times it's hard to gauge whether well, at least in school and not not in my career uh, Adele but at school it's hard to gauge whether a guy was interested in just working on projects with me or you know just being a classmate versus if he was actually romantically interested because there had been times where I was trying to make friends with my classmates or trying to work on projects with my classmates. And I thought we were on the, um, we understood that we were doing this because we were both interested in computer science and we wanted to be friends. Um, but then, you know, it turns out there had been, there has been a lot of uh, times where it was because they were interested in me romantically. Um, and if I didn't return that favor, they didn't know not being my friend or hanging out with me anymore. And I, you know, and then also um, I think early on when I was in my CS, I was, told that about some tech event that was going on downtown and I went to it and you know I was told it was supposed to be like a networking a, a relaxed networking event at this bar and so I went and I was talking to a guy and um you know I was telling him I was interested in Python and interested in working in that because that's what, you know the one I started with and it was really fun to work with and it was a high level language too so it was like, it was really nice to look at too if you like knew how to clean code. Um, so I, I was telling him about that. And then he was like, Oh, yeah, you can maybe come work for me. And then I don't know, like, uh, he somehow I was like, Yeah, I would love to. And then he was like, uh, he was like, Okay, well, when are you gonna come over? And I was like, Oh, it was I didn't know what to say. And I was just like, uh-huh and I left <laughs> but it was really shocking to have someone speak to me like that you know um especially because I thought we were talking about like uh, programming and CS not and this is networking and not not like a sexual like or anything of that sort and it was just really it was it was really a really shocking and so <laughs> it made me shy away from ever going to any like networking event for a long time because I just didn't want to have to encounter any guys like that again um so you know that incident you know definitely was like the first and the one first one to make me realize that hey I'm a girl in an industry that's like mostly men so <laughs> I was like there might be chances that might happen again yeah that's 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 one thing that made me question whether or not this was the right field. And then another thing is like, 
Um, I mean, it, it kind of relates to that same topic. It's just like the way if you're a girl, you're just kind of treated differently. Like in my classes, you know, I get questioned a lot if I was uh, right or not. And even though I knew I was right, even though I knew I was saying exactly what the teacher had said, I would still get questioned. I would still be like, like always assumed to be wrong or something for some reason. Um, like I remember my compilers class, you know, we, we had a group project and I was saying, Hey, he was asking me how to do something. And I was saying, Hey, this is like, you know, how you should do it. Because I don't know in the notes, in the notes, this is how it said to do it. And he was just, Nope. I don't think that's right. Automatically assumed I was wrong. Um, and it wasn't until like the teacher had said the exact same thing that he was like, Oh, what, you know what? That sounds right. Um, and it was just, it's just that, you know, is being questioned just because I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's, uh, if I'm a girl, if it's because I'm a girl or just because, you know, I, I'm like, I don't know if it's on my face that it seems like I don't know or something, but that happened a lot of times. And, you know, in those moments, I at least find solace in the fact that I knew I was right. <laughs> so, so where do you find where do you find your strength from day to day? Because now you are doing this. This is not class. This is your profession and what you're paid for on a daily basis. So how do you how do you maneuver those situations? Um, well, I mean, in my career, I haven't experienced that, you know, as much because everyone has an air of professionalism. Um, and then also my whole team's in India, so I don't have to have those daily interactions and having to, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't think there's any way for my, in my current role to have those sort of um, experiences, which is good. And everyone's nice, so yeah, I think it's great. Um, but finding my strength, I think, I think the biggest contributor to me having the strength is just um, realizing my, or just un realizing that I really love programming and I just want to do programming and it's fun and, um, and I want to continue doing it. And, you know, it, it's the only way I can continue doing it is if I keep pushing to do it, if I keep trying to do it, if I keep trying to grow as a developer, if I keep trying to just keep to who I am, um, then I can keep doing this job that I love so much, you know, it's just, it's just passion. That's really my strength because if I didn't love doing this, I would have left a long time ago. I would have just been like, why am I dealing with all this trouble? Why am I having to do any of this? If, you know, if I didn't love it, I would have not stayed. Um, so my passion for it is definitely a big contributor. And then another thing, Another contributor that is probably, you know, that drives me is, you know, my mother. You know, I love my mother a lot. And I want to be able to support her and help her um, when it comes time, you know, because, you know, she's getting old. And I want to make sure that I can provide and that, uh, um, you know, she would, doesn't have to worry about anything and much less worry about me because I know she cares a lot about me too. And so I just try really hard to not worry my mother, to be able to take care of her and to just be my best person too. Cause I want to be proud in what I do. I want to contribute meaningfully. And so 
yeah, I mean, those are my main contributors to my strengths. <laughs> Gloria Trevino, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and some really inspiring words for our audience. And I, I would love to have you back if you're willing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. And it was nice meeting you as well. The Technically 200 podcast is hosted by me, Matt Stevenson. Post-production is handled by Noriel Aurelio. Our theme music is produced and edited by DJ Slice. Have a recommendation for a Black or Latinx woman in STEM we should feature? Email me at matt at code2college.org. You can find us online on Twitter, Instagram, and technically200.com. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next Thursday with a brand new episode.